0: Dr. Rose and Dr. Lanou go back a while. You will notice as I did, Jeff and Phil are able to tap into their own experience as experienced superintendents, and yet have great empathy for the current challenges educational leaders face. Their discussion highlights the importance for leaders to look forward and rely on one another in order to navigate a future filled with unknown opportunities. Enjoy. Ladies, gentlemen, educators, leaders, welcome to Leader Chat. I'm Jeff Rose and eventually I'm going to be able to stop telling you what Leader Chat is, but this is the third episode, so indulge me just for a moment. At Cognio, we have started a new support system called the Leadership Circle. Basically, it is a community of superintendents, presidents, and their executive team members that um, are here to support one another leaders helping leaders we have a very specific system a different way of supporting them but one of them is via the leader chat the leader chat basically is a focused conversation specific to challenges leaders are facing day to day we try to be very responsive specific to the challenges we know our members are having and we go out and mine the right guess we go find authors leaders, educators, who we think can provide pragmatic, focused discourse to support our members. These are very, very quick 35 minute conversations every week. You are hearing this in one of three ways. You're watching it right now live, our members can do that. Two, you may be watching the rerun, if you are a member and you're watching the video. Or three, you're hearing the podcast which we produced two weeks after the original recording so today i'm excited today we are going to be talking specifically around leadership strategy and i'm going to be introducing here in just a moment a very special guest i'm excited to be actually sitting next to sitting next to so i'm going to be telling you about dr philip Lanou. now philip has demonstrated a record excuse me a incredible record in leading school transformation at the building level and district levels. Dr. Lanou is the 2015 American Association of School Administrators National Superintendent of the Year. Before serving at the superintendent level across two systems, Dr. Lanou was a high school principal in Vermont and Massachusetts, leading four schools towards excellence. Prior to entering administration, Dr. Lanou was a high school biology teacher Dr. Lanoue was named as one of the top nation's 50 educational innovators in digital learning by Converge Magazine. The University Council of Educational Administration honored Dr. Lanoue for his contributions to preparation of educational leaders when he received the Excellence of Educational Leadership Award. The University of Georgia recognized his work in supervision and evaluation when Dr. Lanoue awarded the Johnny V. Cox Award. He has served on the White House Policy Advisory for New Generation High School Summit. Connect Ed Future Ready White House Summit also named him as one of the top educational voices who are keeping K-12 issues in the National Dialogue. There are three specific books um, I want to make sure I read as well as are on camera. Developing the Organizational Culture of the Central Office. Dr. Lanou has... um, a uh, writing partner, Sally, I say this right, Zepeda. Can I just say it right? So developing the organizational culture, the emerging work of today's superintendent, and recently navigating the unknown in education, new narratives amidst COVID-19. So with that, Phil, Welcome. It's great to be here, and, and certainly that was
1: that was overly generous.
0: I I shortened your bio. Uh, well, yeah. I shortened your bio. So
1: before we move on and we, we, j- we, we dive in, <laughs> what did I miss? I missed something. You, that you you gave enough. No, that's exactly it. I, I think the point is that um, you know I've been fortunate to work with all our really good people, from teachers to leaders across states and, and nationally, and. Um, and that opens your eyes and and so that's why I'm really pleased to be here because creating these networks and creating conversations to see things differently through a lens that that you not be afforded the opportunity to do so is is really important and it's probably going to be more important today than ever uh, to, to, to curate the broadest lens possible as we begin to navigate what I call a space that that we really don't know about and 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 I heard this once from a from a futurist and I was very young in my career and he, he looked at me and he said, Phil, let me just tell you something. And this was like in 1986. He said, soon, he said, we will no longer be able to predict the future based on the events of the past. Um, and I think in many ways, we're closer to that than ever. But it's a pleasure to be here.
0: You, you know, thanks for being here. In fact, um, this was 20 years ago. I remember uh, reading a perspective by a Harvard educator and his point was, you know, Back in the '60s and '70s, we could teach students about 80 to 90 percent of what they needed to know, con- con- content-wise, to be successful when they leave school. Right. At that time, which is 20 years ago, he said we're at two percent now. That's correct. Imagine yeah. today. That's right. Especially amidst everything we've experienced the past couple of years, drastic innovations. Um, like who
1: knows? That's, right. That's right, and, and I think that's a, a critical conversation as we as we talk further today. You know, what, what is that going to unfold? What, what is that going to look like? Um, because I still have conversations with people who would love to have it go back to the way it was. And then you have to ask the question, was that really effective? Uh, or was it effective for just my kids or other kids? And we know we've had those struggles. We know that that 25% of the jobs don't, don't exist today. They're going to exist in four years. We, we know that. That's, Correct. Not, that's not something that... People say, well, I don't think that's true. It it is true. And and so that really puts us in a position to start rethinking not only what we do, but I think in the the recent events is how we do that. So the one thing that you and I need to be
0: careful of in this conversation, I want to to let our audience know that we go back, we're friends, and our dilemma, as soon as we start talking about school and leadership, we tend to go on. We do. We have hours of discussion under our belts, so we are gonna do our best to stay focused because we will end on time. That's um, correct. I have a, a clock here, I'll be watching it carefully, so good luck to us.
1: That's what I said. Right? I try yeah. not
0: to make promises, but I'm gonna do my best.
1: I'll work with you on that Okay. Way. Okay, here we go. So,
0: so, so let's get at it, let's, um, let's spend some time just unpacking the, the current status of leading in schools. The current status is very, very different. How, based upon what you're seeing, what you're studying, your observations, and even your writing, how would you describe what leaders are facing now?
1: Sure. Um, and, and, and let me start that that the emerging work of, of today's superintendent, um, some that is beginning to realize itself, and, and that was pre-pandemic. And yeah. certainly, I'm I i was not clairvoyant. I didn't. I, I can't see the future. Um, but it really talks about, about the role of superintendents, and, and for so long the role of superintendents was, 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 was relegated to their own ecosystem within their school system, and at best they were able to influence that. And, and, and my piece has been that, that really this is about community. Uh, and, and so when we talk about superintendent leadership, it, it's beyond the school walls. In fact, I don't think we can define schooling as in school and out of school. Those words are absolutely, they're gone. And, and so I, as superintendents emerge out of the work, they have to see themselves as how they build partnerships, how they redefine the role of school, and then the role and responsibilities within their communities. I mean, one of the things that COVID has done, I believe, as I, as I work with administrators across the country, and, and, and you look at the populace outside, it really began to expose all the things that schools did. Do you know what I mean? That people didn't realize. They took for granted. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not sure schools can shoulder all that. And so I think this lends an opportunity to to form an educational community where we begin to redistribute and redefine responsibilities within that. You know, it's um, uh, years
0: ago when I was in the Beaverton school system as superintendent there, we went through a process uh, to work on a strategic plan, right. and the one thing that came out of that was, we asked the question, so whose responsibility right. is it That's to right. actually educate kids? Right. And there was agreement amongst all of our audiences that it's everyone's. Right. The, the cover of the strategic plan just said we, right? because it was not right. the school system. This is prior to COVID, and you're right. When schools shut their doors, right? We all learn everything schools do. That's correct. That you, with it, we took for granted, whether it's transportation, whether it be just an opportunity for students to be out of the house That's and right. socialize, food service, That's right. et cetera. That's right. Right, warmth, providing sometimes right. clothing and food and shelter. I mean, That's it goes right. on and on.
1: It, and it's really deep. And and so so some of the big questions. It's it's not about offloading to someone else. But it's really talking about integration. How do we begin to uh, create a, a, a matrix, you know, a, a mat of, of of services for kids? And and I think we're going to need that to a greater intensity now than ever. And we know that we're coming out of this post-pandemic, that there are there are just some social-emotional strains um, that are occurring. Yeah. And so at this point, you know, people are just trying to find their way through it. I mean, there's. And and they're trying to manage, but when we we will when we come through this, do you know what I mean? I think there's going to be a really a strong look back to saying is we we need to rethink about about how we begin to provide the supports needed, which is foundational to anyone moving forward with their dreams and education. So I I see that happening. It's hard to see it right now. I mean. When I talked to superintendents across the country, or when we wrote the, the, the book, certainly about navigating the unknown, that was exactly it. People yes. were, they, they could not see. Correct. <laughs> they were As you know, our colleagues, they're making decisions within minutes um, and it was very stressful uh, and they had to make them alone. I mean, superintendents had to make these alone. This was not a time to have a committee to decide whether we're gonna shut down schools tomorrow because of the impact of COVID. So, you, there a, so there was a lot of isolation that occurred. Superintendents, I think, are really trying to mend from that. Um, and I tell, tell everyone across the country, there's no wrong answer here. You do the best, you, you make the best decision yeah. within the context of what you know within your community. And it, it, it does raise a really important leadership question, I think, across this country for us, And that I used to always think that when things got really challenged, that I would make decisions based on what I believe. And I held that. And I, but now I question that. Is it what I believe? Is it what the beliefs are in my community that I have to balance? You know what I mean? It yeah. may not be that simple. And I think of recent, just all of the conversations about what's happening in school and, and the unrest, it really begs the question is where do, where's the locus of these decisions? Is it with the superintendent alone? Or, yeah, right, or, <laughs> and if it is,
0: what are going to, what are, what they are going to be the implications or the consequences that's correct. of leaders making decisions in vacuums oh, for which yes. sometimes they have been forced to recently that's right but there will be consequences to that
1: well, oh there's tremendous fallout um, you know the leadership roles that, that we have across the country whether it's at the superintendent or the billing level they're intense um, and, and they're trying to shoulder it yeah. And, and so I think uh, the unfortunate part is that we don't know what that residual is going to be when you stand up and, and make those decisions. We're seeing some pieces of it, and it's not a very pretty site. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't bring continuity or consistency to schools. And, and so it really kind of lends. so the question as we move forward, you know, my, my piece about sort of the saving piece is we, we've got we've to find a way to move away from those distractions, right, and go back to the heart of matter. And the heart of matter is, we want to make sure kids learn, yep. do you know what I mean? And So my is always been, we want to take kids to a place they never thought they could be. That's our goal. Yeah. So in this space, I ask our, our leaders, find time for that. You're good at that, that's what you do. And we can't lose that in the yes. midst of all of these distractions and uh, hard to do. Yeah, but easier that, said than done. It's right? easier said than done, but you know what? You know look at it because how many sleep how many sleepless nights have we all had thinking about a problem? So maybe if we could only switch that let me have a a sleep night knowing that we did good work for kids.
0: Yeah, okay So let me you and I have been out of that seat for a bit. Correct. Right? Um, It's only been a few years and I'm wise enough to know it's not appropriate for me to Monday morning quarterback Mm -hmm. right because I've never led through something like this. I say this to all of our members all the time. I've led through tough stuff, but nothing like this. However, the one thing interesting for you and I, but you specifically in this case, because you've been studying it, you've right. been writing about it, right. you've had a chance to get off the dance floor, correct. as Heifetz would say, get up to the balcony right. and observe, and there's value to that. That's correct. So considering that value, what would you maybe anticipate are some of the challenges, but also opportunities for leaders in the future? We don't know. You don't have a crystal ball. But based upon your balcony observations, what do you maybe assume or hope for?
1: Well, and, and part of these probably were from my observations. I have lots of conversation and you know, certainly there's been, there's certainly value when you can go to 10 or 20,000 feet and look down and not be at ground level. And again, I, I want to thank my colleagues across the country for, for the work that they're doing because it's not easy. But I, but as I think we look forward, uh, I, I would hope, and, and I'm hearing pieces of it, that that the transformation of education, how we deliver instruction, how we organize that, um, we, we saw pieces of it, um, before before COVID, mm-hmm. um, often I, I I get really frustrated when people say, "Well, that's a non-traditional way." We can't get rid of that term. What's traditional? We we I mean, that's a non. It's not about that. We kids are learning in in a whole lot of different ways and venues within timeframes. So so what I would hope is that we'd begin to you know kind of rethink and said, "I don't have to be into this traditional setting." Uh, I, I think we're gonna have have lots of conversations about about the balance of the the virtual space, the hybrid learning. Uh, I I think it's gonna create a a really intense focus on the well-being of students. I think it's gonna create a a tremendous focus on what are the partnerships that we need to create within our communities to support our families and communities Mm -hmm. because they can't do it alone. Um, I think we're gonna really begin to think of all of the things that we've talked about all the way back from Goodlad. I mean, we've had these conversations for years. I think though we we've, we've now experienced it, whether we liked it or not, um, and I think people are starting to find that there's some some opportunities in there. Uh, that that we, we want kids to be we, we want them to be learners. We we, we we say that, but we don't provide the structure to do that. And I think there's some opportunities here um, as we begin to look at that at that virtual space. So what is your advice then for for leaders? You know, central office
0: leaders who really are in charge of making decisions or communicating or engaging at the system level for schools, when communities right now are banging on the door or begging to go back to where they once were because they had comfort in that. That's right. Right. So, in the meantime, a wise educator may be looking at this as an opportunity to move away some, from some of the tradition that held kids back, right. right? That being the case, community is saying, can't we just go back? To how it used to be because it was comfortable then. What advice do you have for leaders on how to change that dialogue right. to get people to maybe engage in something they're not comfortable with, even though it may be
1: best for kids? I think this is probably the, a unique opportunity for leaders. I mean, if you believe that it was working the way it used to, it may not change for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't know what to say to that. Mm-hmm. But we know, a lot of my colleagues know that there has to be something different. We know that it's not equal. We, 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 we know we're not meeting the needs of all kids. I think this is a tremendous opportunity where this is where you do stand. up. You know I mean? you, we've given an opening for you, right? Uh, where before it was hard to step up and step out. Do you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're already out there right now. Yeah. Do you want to stay out there? Or do I want to go back in the house in the traditional way? And so I think there's... If you want to make your stand, if this is, this is your mark because you know it's right, yeah. this is where you do it. You get an opportunity. Don't, don't, don't go don't back. We're, we're going to have to go back to what we call a new normal. And that normal is that, that learning is occurring 24-7, that learning occurring in many venues and in, in many different ways. There's no such thing as this is a traditional in-school and this is non-traditional. It is how we begin to challenge kids in their thinking and create networks. I mean, I think that's the key word. It's mm-hmm. really important. I was told a good friend of mine a while back, and this is really important mm-hmm. with me, I I asked, what's the difference between our traditional and our non-traditional? And she said to me, in in the traditional model, I went in, I got information, I went home, I got more information, I went in, I got more information, then I took some assessment. The new way is I gather information outside and then I construct my learning in different ways when I get we really have to begin to think moving in that direction.
0: So let's put ourselves in the seat of the school leader right now, the district leader, the system leader. Um, They're hearing us and maybe thinking, that sounds great. Here's my dilemma. Um, I don't have a minute to think or to breathe. My schedule is actually not created Um, in anything other than trying to navigate the chaos that I can't even see coming anymore. It just lands on me. It lands on my board. And my work has become 100% political and very little educational. That's right. So it's easy for you and I to talk about this. For the leader, how do we have a conversation and think about our input or support Leaders so that they can find the space to do what we know they should or are capable that they actually signed up to do. That's right.
1: Yeah, I I mean, first of all, I mean, and and again, kudos to our leaders out there because what they're doing is they're trying to mitigate disruption. I mean, that's your time. You're trying to uh, that that's consuming all of your time, and to enter into this conversation, something new Mm -hmm. could be just disastrous. Sure. What we're going to do? Wait, wait, we. We we got to deal with this over here, so you're going to have to manage disruption. Otherwise, you're not going to get to where you need to be. And so, um, and I think a lot of this disruption, there's just no answers. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of you know finding that neutral space. You're really trying to buffer, you know, from a pH. You're trying to pH to yeah. seven. I'm just trying. I'm not, I'm not going either way. I just I just want to buffer that. Yep. Um, and, and I would say you would continue to do that. But the last thing I say uh, I would say to our leaders, but don't lose interest. Don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you gotta find that little niche. Yeah. To, to Even if you can't realize it, yep. you can think of it. Yes. You can dream it. You can take with your people and, and talk about it. It's not that he says I can't take 30 minutes out of the day with my team and say, for a minute let's talk about kids. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about where could we be? Yeah. And, and maybe, as we have, we're able to do that. Jeff, you and I, we've done that for the last day because we haven't had to worry about the That's disruption. Right. That's right. And I feel very fortunate about that. So what I would say, put the disruption aside for 30 minutes right, and talk about what you really dream of. Yes. Healthy.
0: And, you know, um, I, I think it's important. You said this, so I'm just building off. You said we don't have answers. Right. I think it's really important that we acknowledge we don't. That's right. It's, this is an opportunity to realize that the strategies of the past we know are not going to work for the future, no. which seems a little bit scary, but in the meantime, it is a space to actually acknowledge, to say, listen, we don't know, but as leaders we can finally put ourselves in a learner space. That's right. And in my opinion, I think leaders need to help one another. Because there is no expert, there's no silver bullet. Right. There's nothing that we uh, can say actually works right. scientifically. This is about leaders sitting together and figuring out to, as a group, right Kind of the collective wisdom, there's nothing as valuable. It's always been valuable,
1: especially now. Oh, definitely so. I mean, I, it's lonely out there. I can just imagine <clears throat> you know it's just you and so. Um, just for our own social emotional support, we need to talk to people. I mean, you, there's comfort with that. You know, I'm not alone. So, and, and I think that's going to be ongoing. I think those conversations between leaders, between teachers, um, is going to is going to lend itself to to growth. Um, we're going to sort of get out of this emotional space, but we're going to sort of get into a different kind of leadership space uh, that that's really important. Uh, so you know, the other outcome is this: that we have to we have to put a if we have energy left do you know what i mean there's <laughs> you know but but that energy with your colleagues builds energy sure you know what i mean so when you got someone like that use those networks so networks are become very important whether i want to exhale something that's bad or whether i want to inhale and say i want to take in some new thinking both are really healthy okay so
0: we talked about this yesterday so let's yeah. let's, let's let's talk sure. about this again um, the, the leaders in the school district have had to own and accept um, the politics of their local, yeah. right? So the concept of masks in schools are not based on whether, whatever we talk about. They're actually not based upon infection rates, right? right. Masks in schools and decisions are aligned to the politics Correct. Um, of where they're standing that's correct right and you know a superintendent a central office uh, administrator that makes needs to make decisions or recommendations for all of the schools and therefore the community you can't ignore it so for us to say just do what's best for kids right. don't worry about the politics because well you won't right. be there very long so they have to how do they own that move forward and somehow Still try to remove themselves to focus on kids, but let's face it, politics—they're yeah.
1: just beating. Oh people yeah, they're not, they're alive. And, and I think that's probably when you go back to that first question, uh, as superintendents moved forward, uh, that probably the role in the uh, being a politically astute and, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's sort of political mapping may be something. Probably is going to be part of your everyday business. I, I just don't see the political, you know, fervor backing out. Do you know what I mean? Once COVID's done, it's it's in the house, and so that brings another really good question about how you begin, you know, how you really begin to navigate that. Um, there was an old saying, uh, you know, I, I say this to get to me is that uh, the, the best decisions sometimes are made as a group, um, and someone says, "Who made that decision?" Well, the group did. <laughs> But I, there's some power in that. And I think sure. there's some cover in that. I, I, I say that sort of jokingly, but, but I think you want to make collective decisions. Um, you know what I mean? And it yeah. comes down just to you standing up, and that's me, which I like to do because I want to take responsibility. That may not be the best approach when you're dealing with a heavily charged situation. You know, get your best advice, get agreements, um, get the leaders to be, whether sometimes it's your talent, whoever it is, get your alliances. That's the direction you need to go. And build that coalition underneath you. You're yeah. going to need it because um, we, we've seen too many. We've seen people that uh, I've seen leaders being dismissed the night night after their decisions made. Correct. Right. I mean, just you're done. That's right. Uh, uh, and so it gets that that drastic. And and for those that are making really hard decisions, we don't want you to be done. Find ways to get that support. We need you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there there are there are opportunities for leaders sometimes you have to decide which hill you're going to die on that's correct right i used to describe yeah. that you know make a decision and i used to just make decisions by using a you know kind of a communication system where i'd say number one is a decision that i've made or i'm making period two is tell me what you think right and then i'll make it right three is consensus we're not leaving the room right until we meet our model of consensus yeah. so i hear you saying you know, now might be a time we really focus on number two and number three decisions, right? right? right. Um, But when a decision doesn't go the leader's way, and it's a political one, at times, they need to back off and march up to a different hill that they're actually maybe willing to die
1: on. That's right. And and I think that's been true probably in normal operations, I mean, normal leadership responsibilities. You've got to give away some things that you may not agree with, but they're really important within your organization, and so those are those are things you move forward on. Um, and this one, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and this is where that balance between decisions of what superintendents make, between what communities want. I mean, that's really where we're at in in, in, in such a way um, that that we've never never seen before. And so we have to we have to figure out how to navigate that. And so maybe it's breaking down into subpoints, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's. It's um, there's going to have to probably be some compromising in there some way. Okay. Now, when you say compromising, who are you
0: compromising with?
1: I want you to know is sometimes sometimes you make compromises within your internal beliefs. Um, it stretches you to what I I can accept, even though that may not be what I would wish for. Well said. So.
0: Okay, so with just a few minutes left, here's. Um, one thing we try to pride ourselves in these leader chats is, you know, let's cut to the chase and give some pragmatic advice. If you were to try to boil down, you know, some kernels of wisdom for district leaders, system leaders to think about, what what would you tell them?
1: Well, I, I'm gonna, if I can, I'm gonna phrase just a, a blog that Sally and I just put out on on some of the post COVID pieces. Um, these are the points that that we said you got to move forward. Is that 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 you got to continue to look at hybrid learning options? It's going to be really important. You got to create flexible hybrid models for professional learning. We can't forget that. I mean, professional growth, and that's for leaders as well. Okay, uh, they, they need to be lead learners in this. Uh, we need to devise support system for teachers and leaders. And we're starting to see that tremendously, and it's been for teachers, but uh, we need them in the profession. We know we're losing teachers at a rapid rate. And, and, and this social-emotional sort of pressure, even though it hasn't been realized as much as I think as we thought, I, I think it's still uh, there. We have to look at the emotional needs of students that are coming through a lot, and they're going to continue to go through it as they sort of rethink. Um, and then we got to sort of redesign and, and our induction program for our teachers. So, you know, th- there's some some thinking in the large picture. Smaller thing is it shared responsibility with community agencies uh, more than ever and keep them. They're 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 not they're not triage here. They have to exist. We we have to really redesign our clearing health protocols. So make sure we look at those. People want to feel safe. As we know, we're not going to learn when they're safe. Um, we have to really begin to 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 look at communications. Really uh, important. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, in, in my view now, people can throw all things, whether it's true or not, through so the ambiance. Is well, if it's not, prove me wrong. So, so we have to really put in this information flow. you got to figure that out, do you know what I mean, in ways that, that it becomes credible Yes. and, and people believe that. Uh, and, and the last one, and, and this is a, a broader thing, uh, is that the work of leaders and the work of teachers in schools is very, very complex. Don't shortchange it. You, you can't... You can't simply fix one thing because it may create two other events <laughs> you don't want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so you have to look at totality. So, if that means when I'm making changes, I may have to go up to twenty thousand feet and come back down. Yeah, I might have to go up to the beliefs level. What does that do? And come back
0: down. Yes.
1: Do you, know, you know what I mean? I do. So, so those are some things that I, that I think. But, but the bottom line is, don't be afraid to go up to twenty thousand feet and
0: come back. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that last one, especially don't shortchange the influence and opportunity you have as a leader. Um, I've recently been talking to leaders and one I was just discussing um, a topic with last week. Um, she said, you know, I, I know I'm supposed to have more balance in my life and to try to figure that out. She said, I know that's what you're telling me. She was saying this to me. And I said, actually, that's not what I'm telling you. I, I can't give you really good life advice on how to be a balanced person. What I'm saying is, as a leader, it's your job, it is your job and responsibility to force yourself time to be a critical and creative thinker, and you can't do that if all you're doing is reacting and you are letting your schedule and the politics run you, as opposed to taking a little bit of control. You can't take control and say, I need a week. Right. I need to go away right. for two weeks to the mountain and do some thinking. Right. You don't have that. No. But you can take an hour, two hours, have the discussion with your cabinet and say, let's talk about kids and put masks right. discussion aside for a minute. That's correct. If you don't do that as a leader, how do you expect others to follow suit? And you are the model for your organization. No. My I can't tell you about life balance. No. I can tell you about balance relative to as a leader, it is your job to also be a thinker and carve out space to do that's it right. with other leaders. That's right.
1: I mean, and, and that's exactly right. Uh, you have to find time to... Um, it's hard to see any opportunities, and that's probably not the word I would use. But but if you sit down and you start talking with your cabinet about what are the implications of how we can move forward as we as we go through this um, to, to really rethink what we do with our kids. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. I just. I I used to say this in in, in my mind, whatever we said at central office or whatever we did, you draw a line to every student in your district, and if whatever you say doesn't possibly impact them, something's wrong. Yeah. You need to talk about it. It's the adult problem. It's not a kid problem. It's adult.
0: Phil, um, I would just want to say this on the record, Um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate our opportunity to chat, but I appreciate you taking this time out to bring some words of wisdom and observations right. to our leaders. Um, and so thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you. And it's, and it's great being here. And once again, just, a, a shout out to those. It's, it, it's, it's not easy, but it's the right work. It is. And if you don't do it, I'm not sure who else will.
0: So with that, let me say leaders, ladies, gentlemen, educators, um, your work is noble. And we thank you for it. And with that, this has been Leader Chat. Everyone, be well.